This is Lightning, and on behalf of Holman and I, I want to thank Nissan uh, before we get this episode started, because without them, um, today's show and any of the shows would not be possible. So you guys need to go out, check out the new Nissan Frontier, Titan, Gas, Diesel, or if you're looking for a passenger car, of course, you know Nissan makes amazing cars, but the trucks, unbeatable, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, um, and of course, our friends over at Decked, incredible storage solutions uh, for mid-size, full-size trucks, vans. If you need to store your stuff away in the bed of your truck, look at Decked.com. Why am I? Uh, <laughs> why am I whispering? I'm going to say goodbye to the kids. We're going to hit the road, head over to Holman's, and we're going to go off-road today. It's early. See you later, buddy. Love you, Daddy. Good morning. Use the right lane to take exit 18 onto Bolsa Avenue. then here we are Holman's house Saturday morning at the crack of butt feeling tired no now you're ready to go I'm excited <laughs> to take you to the middle of the desert and leave you there that's the biggest GPS I've ever seen what the damn is that it's no that's no Garmin what is that oh, that's the Magellan TRX 7 which is like a uh, off-roaders tablet it's a ruggedized tablet with uh, Magellan's software on it and a good friend of mine Steve on second we should have him on the show and talk about all the stuff Magellan's doing in the off-road space it's pretty awesome uh, they're using these this is like a, a more affordable version of a like a Lowrance or something so they're now using them to put the uh, racing waypoints in and that but it has basically the users have their own trails that they've put on here as well as forest service trails and things like that so you can look for your own trails other users trails that's sort of crowdsourced or what's on the uh, forest service maps which is pretty neat i guess we have plenty of time to talk about this since i'm standing outside the car you're inside the car and we haven't even left on our journey yeah, yet i'm i'm trying to leave and you're, <laughs> all right uh, all right let me get in and close the door the all right here we go okay start this bad boy i've never been in a uh, colorado yeah this is uh, the colorado duramax so this is a little diesel guy Oh, it's nice and quiet, but it definitely has that no, Duramax, yeah, that diesel sound. Uh, it's pretty quiet inside. It's uh, louder than a Super Duty, <laughs> believe it or not, or L5P on the outside. And you can definitely hear it when you uh, pull in to uh, order your Dr. Pepper at the uh, old local uh, <laughs> you know, Chick-fil-A, Wiener Schnitzel, or uh, wherever else we are probably headed you to. You know all the spots that serve Dr. Pepper. I will say this so far, and I've only been, uh, we've only driven about 100 yards in uh -huh. your truck so far. The engine doesn't sound meaty. It sounds like a Volkswagen diesel. No. Well, yeah. I mean, they're about the same size. Oh, this is a 2.8, so it's, it's bigger than a Volkswagen diesel. Why is your neighbor looking at us like that? Um, because he likes the truck. Oh, okay. Uh, I always have uh, new trucks that I'm testing, so all the neighbors stare at me every time, and sometimes they wander into my driveway. In fact, I've come out in the morning, 
uh, when I've had the Ram, the brand new Ram, or I've had other things that were like the first, you know, before they were in dealership sitting in my driveway. And I've actually had neighbors looking through the windows of my trucks. Unfortunately, I knew they were my neighbors, so. I'm like, hey, they're like, oh, uh, just, uh, just wanted to see the new truck. This Magellan takes up the whole dash. I can't even see the hood. It's a seven inch. That's what she said. Oh uh, yeah, but this is an eight inch. <laughs> oh, I see. That's not what she said. <laughs> we're almost out of the, uh, we're almost out of the city and climbing the grade. You actually don't know where we're going. No, I don't. I actually, and I haven't asked, have you noticed? I'm usually very inquisitive. Yeah, nope, I, uh, I decided that I'm gonna take you on one of my favorite day trip trails, uh, which is about 35 miles long, 31 miles long. It's a good mix of different stuff and uh, it's fun. Now, where will you bury my body? Uh, for those of you who are familiar with where we are going, I will uh, be burying uh, <laughs> lightning out at the Husky Monument. Yeah, so I went through the, uh, the drive-thru. Which one? Uh, Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah? The best thing at Chick-fil-A is the spicy chicken sandwich. Yep, with Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, yeah, that's great. Extra pickles. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on board there. Uh, so anyway, I was driving through, and the, uh, it was really busy night, so you know they have the kids that are out taking your order with the, with the pads. They come around the corner in the drive-thru, and he goes, Whoa, dude, I totally thought that was a Tacoma. And then I saw, like, on the grill, like, the Chevy bow tie was, like, lit up, bro. Whoa, dude, that truck's so sick. I was like, yes, it is, and thank you. <laughs> was he surfer guy, or were you just hamming it up? No, that's pre pretty much what he sounded like. <laughs> and then I complimented him on his checkered vans, because I was wearing my checkered vans, and then everything was right with the world. So, Holman, we're just cruising on the 15. Got another 45 minutes to go. Should we start the show officially? Well, what? what huh? I well, said, should we start the show? Well, you had the, the radio's been off for like an hour and a half, and I'm just making my own music over here. All right, here we go. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show oh, oh. it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman all right, I don't know what episode we're on, but this 40. one, we're in 40? This is 40? Yeah. Holy mackerel. Okay, we're uh, almost over the hill. <laughs> and we are going off-road today, so if you guys listen, you'll know that this is Lightning, and I've been asking Holman for quite some time to take me off-roading. Now, I've been off-roading before. I was on, uh, in off-road cars, whether it's a side-by-side, -side, or it's a sand car, or it's a dirt bike, whatever, but I've never been in an actual, like, truck or Jeep. I know that sounds insane, but that's actually true. That's not true because you are in your truck in the city in mall parking lots all the time. I said off-road. You don't think a mall parking lot crawling over those little <laughs> parking stops? No. Oh, by the way, the next episode, we are going to sell my truck. Is that the next episode? That is the next episode. Uh, are we going to have an auctioneer on? Hey! No, no, I'd rather not. Uh, I'm going to have to, if we do, I'll have to set a high reserve. I, don't, I can't sell it for like five bucks. Got a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in that what truck. We came with a Truck Show podcast sticker and t-shirt. I probably will throw those in. I'm actually sad to let it go, but we'll talk about this on the next episode. On this one, you're taking me off-road, and I don't know where we're going. You'll, uh, we'll find out once we get there, but as you guys can imagine, or if you, if you live in Southern California, you know that there are 
so many places to go off-roading just within, let's say, an hour of the Los Angeles, the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, we're surrounded by foothills and desert and flatlands and all types of terrain, and we're off to go do some adventure. So, Holman, I noticed that in the back of your Colorado here, you have a decked system. Is that where I might find guns and ammo? Um, I will not tell you what I keep in my deck system because I don't want anybody going in and finding it. So, no, that's not where I keep anything valuable. <laughs> but it's locked. No, I keep my guns and ammo in a safe, bolted to the floor, and hidden from prying eyes. Thank you very much. Okay, so in your deck system back there, are they, do you need to clean it out for weight savings, or do you still have your Makita tools and your, uh, and your vacuum for your lawn outside? <laughs> You know, the vacuum for the lawn uh, stays in the garage, um, and uh, but you might be able to find some recovery gear uh, in case we get stuck, because there's a high probability that I will make you get out and push the truck. Really? If we get stuck, yeah. I didn't. Are we going that that hardcore in uh, in this Colorado? Uh, we might. We could. This is a uh, ZR2 front and rear lockers, all off uh, electronics, and uh, it's pretty uh, pretty badass little truck. You know what's uh, crazy is that I've never been in a rock crawler either. Like an actual buggy or a Jeep set up for rock crawling? A uh, Jeep set up for rock crawling. Well, King of the Hammer style, where you're going up boulders. I've never done that either. All right, well, you know we have a listener, Clint, who goes and does all that kind of stuff. I'm sure he would give you a ride. Is that true? Yeah. I, I'm so there. I, I you know, I've, That's I've, who you met at, uh, at Alfred Expo. He would take you. Oh, no way. Okay, yeah, I would love to go. I mean, I've, I've been to King of the Hammers, and I've watched it in awe, and I would... I. Would, yeah, that's something. Wow, I'm in. King of the Hammers is a little bit different because you can see the race course. What's more badass is when you go up to some of those obstacles with somebody new, and there is no race course, and you haven't seen anybody go up, and you go, wait, we're going up that? It's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I'm all about that. I, I don't want to do it during King of the Hammers. Those are pro drivers driving as fast as they can. I want to do it when it's nice and quiet, and I can learn, you know, actually how, because it's a, it's a it's an art. Uh, it's, it is an art, and an incredibly... Uh, high-level uh, skill set to be able to keep, the, you know, because you're, if you're picking lines, you have to know your vehicle, your articulation, you have to keep the vehicle balanced, you have to understand, you know, throttle application and what gearing to be in. I mean, there's a lot to think about that goes into, I mean, just even regular off-roading. Um, you know, it's not like just go down the trail. It's like, how do I want my vehicle set up? How much weight do I have in the back? How much suspension travel do I have? Where are my tires? Where are the corners of the vehicle? There's a, there's a lot to take in, my friend. Holman, where are we right now on the 15 freeway? Uh, we are climbing the uh, the grade, the Cajon grade, and uh, oh, this is the famous Cajon Pass. Yep, and uh, this would be where the San Andreas Fault uh, moves through Southern California. Now that's something that, um, of course, if you're not from Southern California, you've heard it maybe but you haven't experienced it. San Andreas Fault is the big fault line, and it's where all of the big earthquakes kind of emanate from. Well, they, they say that this, if we have a big one, it'll be on this fault line. The, uh, the danger of the San Andreas is it basically runs the entire length of the state. And uh, what's, what's crazy is we're driving over uh, basically the mountains where the fault kind of goes through. If there were a big earthquake and this artery was closed, uh, you would have almost no way to get out of Southern California other than up the coast either to Ventura or south to San Diego. And that would be a mess. Which is why I like having a 4x4, because uh, if stuff goes down, I'm throwing it in low range, throw my lockers on, and I'm going to try and get out. It's morbid conversation. It's morbid conversation. <laughs> hey, look. There's, there's your new truck. Which one? Oh, look at that Super Duty. 
man, that thing just looks mean. Although it's look at it, it's it's uh, like an old school hot rod jacked up in the rear. It's not good. Yeah, he's definitely not carrying any weight in the back right now. And it needs uh, wider wheels and tires on the back. I think stock, it's a little feeble. Yeah, I would uh, I would tend to agree with that. Dualies always look a little bit funny from the rear. The rear three-quarter looks fine, but directly from behind to see how tall and skinny those tires are, they always look a little little silly. you got to have minimum 37s, dual 37s on each side. Do you disagree? I mean, you could go 35s, but, no, I mean, anything under a 35, it starts looking uh, skinny-mini. Yeah, I mean, I think the stock tires are 33 inches, but I, I'm all about the width. I think you need to have a nice fat, at least a 12 and a half. That's what she said. That is what she said. <laughs> all right, we'll do uh, two number 13s uh, with cheese, both with Dr. Pepper. Okay, small, medium, or large? Uh, medium. No tomato on one of them. All right, I'll have your total grits on one, Dustin. Thank you. Gotta love BK. Actually, uh, I like uh, McDonald's more than BK. BK is, disappoints me 100% of the time, except for a Whopper with cheese. That's the only thing they do that doesn't disappoint. Yeah. It's because they load so much. They load so much stuff onto the Whopper. You can't really taste if the meat is good or not. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that was crazy. I wish I was rolling just then. What What just happened? So, a, a California Highway Patrolman was sitting on the exit that we need. This is in the middle of the desert. Uh-huh. There's nothing out here, and he is. He slows down and stops at our exit. We have to go around him, almost kind of hitting the nose of his highway patrol car. Yeah, we were coming up 395, and he pulled over in front of us. I go, oh, it's CHP. So I don't know if he thought we were coming up too fast or not, but he pulled over right at our turnoff to go off-road, and we just peeled off into the desert, and then he just pulled away because he wasn't going to chase us into the desert. Had we passed him and continued down 395, he would have pulled us over. I think so. <laughs> I mean, we weren't doing anything, like, egregious. Like, uh, you know, I think speed limit was 65, we're probably doing 75. But he definitely pulled over in front of us because those cars, I think, they have rear radar. So he was probably watching us. And we are in a red truck. And we turned right and just started driving off in the desert, and he continued up 395. You got a little sideways, I got to say, getting off. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was fun. All right, now we're going into nowhere. Holman, this is the first show of its kind where we are actually... Out in the desert doing an episode. We are literally in the middle of the desert right now. And I, I guess we don't really need to describe the landscape because it's desert. But what we're about to do is uh, we're going to go on a dirt road and we're going to take this little uh, Chevy ZR2 Colorado and put it to the test and haul ass. And um, it says, oh, right here, attention, vehicles on marked trails only, limited use area. Yep, yep. So we're actually going through a wilderness area. We're going through part of a... Uh, a military range where mm-hmm. there's uh, some limited access allowed and we're gonna go fast we're gonna do a little slow there's a little stuff to crawl over figured this was a good mix of different stuff to take you on you know like I said before I've been off-roading and uh, side-by-sides and dirt bikes and I've had off-road equipment my whole life but I've never done like the Jeep or off-road truck thing at any decent rate of speed yeah we should have fun today I just uh, Put it in off-road mode, turned off the uh, electronic uh, stability control and traction control, and uh, now our little uh, diesel ZR2 is going to be uh, a driver's vehicle. Okay, so if um, there's no episode 41, that means we, we're dead, mm-hmm. and you guys need to find us off the 395 at mile marker 218. That's where we uh, last spoke to you. We're, we'll be somewhere <laughs> between uh, Kramer Junction and Ridgecrest. If you know where that is, Okay. <laughs> All right, let's hop in and let's go for a spin. Yeah, I'm ready to go uh, Go wheel. 
or we're gonna keep it in two-wheel drive, but we're uh, in off-road mode, which uh, turns a little green mountain on on the dash, which is my favorite because that means that all the nannies are turned off, and uh, it's a driver's car. So uh, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go get some in the desert. You ready? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me buckle it. I got it. Well, I had to move over wow. the Burger King uh, <laughs> bucket. Oh, uh, Dr. Pepper. Ooh, sideways. Already sideways. Holy mackerel. Yeah, that's no joke. It gets loose. So we're officially like kind of drifting. This is wild. I've actually been drifting in a drift car, <laughs> but I haven't been drifting in a truck in the desert. Now, have you been, uh, whoa, have you done this before in this truck before, Holman? Yes. Okay. I'll let you just pay attention for a minute. <laughs> Why? Because we're going sideways? <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, so this does have some uh, silty, sandy patches. So we're going about 65 right now. And this is a graded off-road, graded uh, dirt road right here. We're coming up to a, um, a, an encampment with a uh, fifth wheel guy camping out here with some buggies Toys, side buggies. by sides yeah we'll slow down just in case there's kids it is gorgeous we picked a beautiful day other than the uh the smoke from the southern california fires it is just gorgeous out here today now this road looks like it goes straight up into that mountain in front of us about uh, i'm gonna say it's five miles maybe three miles in front of us straight up the hillside we are uh going to turn before then because we're going to go around that mountain oh boo oh no you won't be saying boo when you see the cool stuff we're about to do. Okay. 80. 80 miles an hour on this dirt road. Woo! Just went through a dip. That was great. 85 miles an hour. That's, that's pretty fast on a uh, on this little one-lane dirt road. Hey, we weren't doing 85 when the CHP wanted to pull us over. <laughs> no, we weren't. Whoa! Oh, my gosh. Wow, that was a big run. Okay. Two fat white guys wheeling in the desert. Whoop, doo -doo -doo -doo. Speak for yourself. I'm. Uh, <laughs> You're svelte. I'm uh, moder moderately husky. Yes. I'm an extra medium. <laughs> yeah, I'm extra extra medium. <laughs> so for those that have never been uh, off-roading, you're you're driving with the throttle. How does that how does that work exactly? So you're just using the uh, the throttle to help steer the truck, so you can uh, oversteer uh, with your relationship of the steering angle to the throttle to the traction. You know, you can typically. Uh, point the truck in the direction you want it to be. So what if you're, uh, you want to go right, you turn the wheels, it's still plowing forward, uh, straight. How do you get it to turn right? Just kick the rear end out and counter steer and, and drift through it. It's no different than uh, somebody drifting through a corner. Hey look, there's a ton of people over there. A yeah. bunch of kids and people on bikes and stuff. A lot of people on the desk today. And a, and a dog. Yeah. An old Bronco. Ooh, ooh, that's cherry. So we're turning right here. This trail goes up to a mine. And so we're going to continue around the uh, mountain here. And we're, as you see, we've climbed up quite a bit. You can see, Oh my uh, gosh! I'm just seeing now for the first time. I'm looking down the hill. So this is what, uh, 500 foot of elevation yeah, so far? Probably. Something like that. Yeah, wow. boy, if you went through this fast, this would tear the uh, suspension off the truck. Whoa! So as you can see now we're side sloping on the uh, on the trail, which is why now the trail is so much rougher because this is where all the water finds its way down. So like when we we're coming up straight, that's not where the water's 
causing because we would be going with the water now we're going against where the water came off the mountainside basically perpendicular to it how much uh travel do we have in this truck roughly give or take uh about nine and a half you know there's a misnomer about overall travel in a truck versus clean travel in a truck i'd much rather have a mid-travel truck with really good suspension that's dialed in that you know 11 to 12 inch range than have a 14 or 15 inches of really bad travel where you blow through all of it it's all about suspension tuning. Now, I really don't want anything less than 10 for desert stuff like this. This is kind of the bare minimum, but the shocks that are on this are really good. And so it, you can kind of get away with a little bit more. Are these the Multimatic? These are the Multimatic DSSV spool valve shocks. And in fact, uh, I think Multimatic is gonna actually come on uh, the show here, uh, hopefully in a few weeks and, and talk about their, uh, their shocks and where they go next. Now we're back on, uh, well, it's kind of not a wash road. I don't know what you would call this, but Wash. wash road yeah now we're doing back at what like 45 ish miles an hour and off to our left and this is literally in the middle of nowhere guys there's a quonset two quonset huts and then a little building and i can't imagine there are no roads into that i mean they're they're dirt roads but so so weird that there's whoa we just slammed the mirror here um so weird that there's people living out here yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of the desert is you never know who's your road. There's the road. Hard left. Hard left. There's a little road one. <laughs> Woo! All squirrely around that left-hand turn. That was more than a 90. Uh, that was a hairpin. Yeah, that was a hairpin. That was fun. All right, now we're coming up on these Quonset huts, and there's a building in the distance. It's pretty interesting here. I don't know if we're going to get close to these, but... I'm dying to know what's up there. I don't want to get shot by some crazy old coot comes out with a shotgun, but that is just fascinating. There's it's, there's nothing out here except for some dude in a Quonset hut. <laughs> so private property to the right. So pri yeah, the private left. property to the right, and then uh, marker, on the marker on the left. Okay, so we'll circumvent, kind of go around the uh, outer perimeter of this guys a uh, piece of land that is just wild I'm dying to know what's in there weed weed <laughs> yeah it could be weed although no it wouldn't be weed you got to way too dry we got a no, lot of water yeah. how do you get electricity out here uh, solar I guess or wind 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 I don't well we're driving away from the Quonset hut so I'm never gonna find out what's in there fortunately I'm not knocking on the door <laughs> I'd love to know. Oh, well. Oh, this is good. This is squirrely. Woo, you can hear that. This little Colorado's taking a beating. It's doing well, though. Oh, yeah, this is nice. Now, see, now I can feel you uh, pedaling to make the turns. Yep. Now I can tell. Before I couldn't. Now it's, now it's pretty obvious. So now we, uh, we just hit kind of a wash with some little deeper sand, but ruts. Now, this is a good place to have Drive. Yeah, I can imagine four-wheel drive is probably a little better in here, but uh, can you do it on the fly in this thing? Yep. Oh, no kidding. Now we're in four-wheel drive. So that just helps us control axle wrap because that 369 pound-feet of torque coming from that little diesel puts a lot through the axle, and on this type of stuff, it, it, you get a lot of axle balance. You put a four-wheel drive, and it splits up that power delivery and uh, smooths it out for, especially this kind of loose. We're basically driving in a loose sandy wash uphill so that's sort of where you want to make sure that you have traction it's handling these ruts pretty nice i mean this is it's rough 
Uh, these uh, Multimatics are doing pretty nice. Whoa! Right around the left of the wash and then back in. Oh, and he splits the line in half. And uh, now we've got kind of uh, a little vertical walls of the, uh, we're inside, kind of looks like used to be maybe kind of a, a river or something. Yeah, Ooh, you got basically a dry river, so this is full of water during a uh, flash flood or something like that, or when there's thunderstorms. Basically driving up a hill in a riverbed. When you get to uh, up at speed, things smooth out, but this is a really rough uh, wash. Yeah, it's really, woo! Yeah, I love this, kind of the uh, the left to right switchbacks through here, avoiding some of the boulders in the middle of the wash. But I can really feel that four-wheel drive just pull it straight. Yeah, we're entering a, a canyon up, here, up ahead, which is uh, gonna be a little bit more technical. Oh yeah, I can see the, uh, the hillsides, the walls are getting a little steeper on the left and the right as we get into this canyon where the wash must have uh, emanated originally from here. Oh, here we go. Well, you go from hard packed to deep sloppy sand in just a matter of feet. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, the terrain out here is forever changing. That's why you can't go. I mean, these are truck gobblers over here. You know, we're on the left with the little stuff because we're in a factory pickup truck. You can do it, but you're gonna hurt going through all that stuff. So stay on the side of the road. Yeah, these are deep whoops. I mean, those, those are about two feet deep. Yeah, these are Jeremy McGrath style or uh, Bubba Stewart, I know, I'm, those are all old guys. Who's the current, who's racing today? Yeah, I don't know. Ryan for Suzuki, oh, I can't remember his name. So yeah, so we've been wheeling for, I don't know, hour and 20 minutes and we've done uh, almost 25 miles, which is pretty crazy. It doesn't even feel like it, we've just been having fun. I can't believe how uh, smooth this thing is. I mean, we're going through some deep stuff out here, like that one. <laughs> so Holman, what in the world is this in the middle of nowhere. This is one of the surprises I had for you. I knew you'd love coming out here. This is a memorial. Yeah, this is the famous Husky Memorial, and uh, it's basically an homage to anyone who's passed away who loved the desert by their loved ones and, and fellow riders and all that stuff, so. In the middle of nowhere here. Yep, this is a famous uh, memorial out in the desert, referred to as the uh, Husky Memorial or the Motorbike Memorial. And it all started when uh, somebody paid tribute to their friend by burying their Husqvarna in the middle of the desert. And now it, there are probably hundreds of tributes to uh, people who love the desert who have passed on here. And uh, it's a pretty cool spot. It's a bench over here. Let me read this bench. Rest and remember us. Then get on the gas. Rick Hobbs, May 24, 1941 through February 17, 2009. OCMC. So it all started with that husky right there in the middle. There used to be nothing around in this whole entire area. And now you can see there's, there's hundreds of things. Now the bikes are buried up to their hubs. Uh-huh. Well, there's bikes, there's plaques, there's uh, what look like uh, headstones and eulogies and all sorts of stuff. There's beer bottles. and Take a look at this uh, V-twin engine over here. Yep. What's your name? My name's Joe. Joe. How are you doing, hey, sir? This is an amazing yeah. memorial out here. You've been coming out here for how many years? I've been coming out here since the late 80s with my father. 
Um, we've got four of our family friends actually buried out here. We got Joe Brown, 19Z on the far corner. We've got Nathan Woods right next to him. And then he's got his daughter and also his other relative right over there along with other family friends out here. And this is, this is our motorcycle Bible hollowed ground. This is where everyone comes, your politics, your thoughts, your feelings, they all go right out the window out here. We're all shared, we're all brothers out here. We're all brothers and sisters. No one can ever frown on this place. No one ever touches this place. This is just a purely tranquil, anyone that kicks up dust in the air, this is where you come and basically, you know, leave your leave your goodwill and happiness and then kick dust. Yeah, this is uh, this is a crazy place. I've been, uh, I've been coming here, like you said, uh, since the late 80s on off-road trips and uh, it was just the Husky. It was the Husky and uh, another thing, and like over the past 10 years, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. What's neat about it is there is a, uh, in a, a steel American flag on a pole over here, and then the real American flag is under it. It's always that half, half staff for, uh, for all the fallen uh, enthusiasts and, uh, and loved ones that are, that are memorialized out here. And there's everything. There's boots and there's beer bottles and there's uh, uh, metalwork and statues. I mean, it's just unbelievable the creativity that people have, uh, have, have gotten over the years. I, I like to, whenever I'm out in the desert in this part of the, the world, I always like to pull over and stop and just pay my respects to all the people who love the same things that I love. It changes you, you know, you, you come out and you see something like this and, you know, you look at the desert and everyone kind of has their own way of looking at the desert and how the desert is. And whenever you come over the hill and you actually see this place, there's a beauty and a mystique that is rivaled by nothing that I've ever seen in my life of riding. And when you come out here, you, you're instantly friends with anybody that ever comes around here and you start talking to people and they ask stories and then you come across somebody that actually has either been touched or knows somebody that is buried out here and you you watch the gears turn in their head they see they feel they understand what you're feeling and they leave here with something that i believe is a gift that the off-road world gives it's that that extra will to come out and spread it and show everybody that this is a place that anyone can come anyone can get together and we are all friends we are all brothers and sisters you could be dead on the side of the trail you could be a honda enthusiast and see the ktm guy sitting on the side of the road and we are going to do everything we can to get you back to camp make sure everyone's having fun and that's what this place i believe stands for i, I would say too uh you know the difference between off-roaders and and street people not to alienate any of our other listeners but the reality is is when you're off-roading whether you're on a motorcycle a quad an atv a truck whatever it is you always stop and help the other person because you you never know when that could be you or the next person that comes along when you're stranded could save your life it's not like being able to call AAA. and this memorial this monument that's out here is, is way off the beaten tra path you're out here because you know it's here you're not stumbling on it on accident like you have to you, want to come here yeah. you have to want to come here it's not something you're just going to go oh let's ride out there yeah. this is something where you plan your day to come out and you're not only paying homage in your ride out here I believe truly that it gives you a different heart. The minute you kickstart, put that key in the ignition and you leave here, you're changed. It gives you this, this shrine in the desert gives you something to really bank your life on and make you, you know, make you realize that there is so much stuff out here bigger than anything you could possibly think of. And the minute you hit here, it puts it right in your face. What's the story behind? Is this Al Baker Jr.? He's number one from what my father always told me when we were coming out here, 
That was Malcolm Smith's best friend that rode the Husky. They were the original trail carvers of Cal City, the Mojave Desert. They were the guy, they were, you know, the tortoise and hound guys. Like they didn't come out here to try to bluff anyone. It was always to come out here and how far can we go? Can we make it over here? Well, can we make it back to camp after we get there? You're talking pre-GPS days, pre-cell phone days. You either knew somebody that knew what they were doing out here or you were jeopardizing your life coming out here riding in the early 60s and the 70s. That was their homage to him where they were, you know, because the Husky, that Husky at the time, that was the top of the line bike. That was what everyone wanted. So their buddies were like, how can we pay homage to our friend, put his bike out here as a shrine, but not have anyone take it because parts were so hard to get for a Husky at that time. So they came out here and had a week long party basically. And they would drill holes in every working piece of that motor so no one could you know, scavenge apart. No one's going to come out and take a carburetor off it or take a wheel or anything like that. And by doing that and all the time they did setting up, it created this myth. And, you know, almost uh, it, it's hard to put into words because even people that never saw it, they heard about it, but they were never able to find it because it was only the people that knew about this came to the shrine. It was, you know, you had to be touched by it or a friend of them. Then it became wait a minute, we're all brothers out here. Let's all do this. Let's all go out there. Let's try to find this place and go give homage to one of the people that cut the trails for us, you know? And then it started, um, the second one actually over there was Jenkins, was the second one ever buried out here. And uh, like I said, we've got folders and scrapbooks all right over here. And I really encourage anyone that ever comes out here, do not feel bad about opening any one of the canisters out here. We have pens, paper, trinkets of all the people, and they all leave a story so you can really understand who they were. Everybody out here is united by that. This is hollowed ground. No one touches it. No one messes with it. You leave things here, and the only thing you take back with you is a good heart and a good head and realizing that all these people were your family. What's your name? My name is Joe. Joe? Yeah. 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 So these are the pictures of them when they were actually burying the husky out here. And um, like I said, we, we, we've basically come and called this the Bible of the husky memorial. And like I said, again, it encourages, I encourage everybody to come out here respectfully, of course, and open up any one of these canisters and learn about any one of our fallen brothers and sisters. And just look at the pictures, reminisce, memories, you know, maybe it'll jog something in your mind about your family or a good time, but that's the whole point of it. And it just kind of gives you a whole time frame of when these things were put in, the people that put them in, what they brought out, news clippings, you know, just it, it brings you back to a personal level other than just, yep, that's it right there. Yeah, the article's titled The Old Husky. So it says, during a Mojave Beach Club poker run in the late 1980s, we stumbled across the 1978 390CR Husqvarna anchored in concrete about 20 miles southeast of Red Mountain. A nearby brass plaque cemented to a granite boulder said simply, J. Erickson, 1941-1987. Set in stone, a monumental husky. Yeah, in 1996, another granite boulder bearing a brass plaque appeared near the bike in honor of Jamie Lamar, 1948-1996. Then early this year, two more deceased riders joined the group, Douglas Anthony Clark, 1981-1999, and Rapid Robert, 1923-1999. This site is one of my favorite riding areas. It is the paradise, the world, as it pleased God to make it. Over the years, the old husky, which was in pretty good shape when I first saw it, has taken a beating from the elements and insensitive gun-toters, but to me, it is still as grand, imposing, 
and hallowed as any bronze statue or marble monument in the world. Winston Beaumont, Aguadolce, California. And I'm glad I opened that up so you could read that one because that right there just says it best itself. It's um, everything else can be explained basically once you start scrolling through the pictures. My daughter's memorial is right there. The last time that razor came out to the memorial, she was driving it to put up for her aunt who got us coming out here. Oh. I drove it three years later. I drove it back after her accident and my daughter died in that razor driving it. And with the rollover and my body crushing her in the accident, she died in that razor and it came back to her spot. Since we laid my daughter in the ground, I have not been back to her physical, her physical burial. This is where her soul is. I mean, that placard right there, and it has pictures of her from the time she was three years old in that razor, riding it out in the desert, from the time she was two years old on her quad, riding out here. And she passed away in a razor accident when she was eight. And it's all there, and her story's there, and I get signatures. It feels so good to look at the stories and what people take in the comments, people that don't even know her and some that did, did know her and saw her riding out here. And it just, I can't come here without breaking down a few times. But that's what this place is about, desert riders. It doesn't matter if you died at... 80 and rode this desert or you died at 8 and rode this desert it was a part wow. thank you for sharing that well that was a little unexpected yeah definitely uh definitely deep i mean out here it's a pretty special place so i'm glad uh glad we got a chance to come by and pay our respects to the people that that love the same stuff that we do That was uh, super, uh, super sad to see that guy was drinking a beer and uh, just remembering his daughter. And man, did you shake his hand? I did like giant bear hands. Oh my gosh, that dude was huge. So back in the trail, heading up towards uh, what we think is a cool canyon. And uh, it's just nonstop whoops, just up and down and on the chances. <laughs> and it's good, it's fun, but I think my neck is gonna be stiff tomorrow. Uh, take some, uh, take some ad, uh, leave or Advil before you go to bed. You'll be fine. Yeah. This particular trail that we're on is just bumpy as hell. There we go. That's oh my whoa, that was air. <laughs> so we've done almost uh, 60 miles off road today uh, so far. Still got probably maybe another 15 or 20 to go. But yeah, we've covered some ground. Keep it going. Yeehaw! Roscoe P. Coltrane. Hey, you think that CHP guy is still behind us? <laughs> I sure hope not. So now having been on the uh, trail over here, oh, that's gotta be a mine on the left. We gotta, oh. we gotta check that out here. Having been on the uh, the road for a little bit now, over 60 miles, Holman, how you feeling about the uh, Colorado? I always loved this truck. Uh, it was our uh, four-wheeler pickup truck of the year, which is why we've got this particular model but I'm like re-impressed with it. Like I always remembered like this was a great truck. It won, blah, blah, blah. But putting, you know, mo almost 70 miles off road on it now today and hammering down, we've been doing a little bit of rock crawling with lockers and we went 70, 80 miles an hour over whoops. I just remembered, man, this thing's so much fun. Let's go look at this mine. 
there's a big hole in the ground. There's yeah, it's in. No, it's a hole in the ground right there. I'm not going to fall in, but I, I am going to go to the edge. Oh, yeah, let's go to the top. Let's check that out. Do we need four-wheel drive? Let's see. As long as we're excursioning. This is pretty steep right here. Ugh. Oh, he's hauling ass. Are you in four? Uh, four auto. Four auto. Oh, I just got oh, real well. narrow right at the top. Oh, we got to slow down and see what we're up against. There it is. All right, I'm going to get out of the truck and walk over to the hole in the ground right here. It's a mine you wanted to check out. I do, and it's probably just a deep pit, but I need to go see it. I think you can... I'm not going to get close because I'll fall in and die, but I am going to go look. Oh, yeah, that's a mine. How awesome is that? Holy shnikes, wait. See how deep that is. Oh, I cannot see the... Don't go in there, dude. Good guy. Probably. Careful. Can you see the bottom? Yep. Let me see here. Well, you can see right there at the bottom of the cave-in. You can see where the tunnel goes underground. Pretty cool shaft. And these Holy concrete pads with bolts sticking out of it, rebar from where the superstructure must have been to help haul things out. I love the desert. This is crazy. And that is, if they didn't um, put this fencing around this hole in the middle of nowhere and you were on a dirt bike, you're going in there and well, you're getting notice, really injured. Not only is there fencing with wire, but there's reflectors because that's exactly what it is. It's on a right next to the road. I mean, we're probably only 50 feet hundred feet away from the road. Well, you call a road, the yeah, dirt well, trail. Yeah, dirt trail, exactly. This thing is just, that. that is really incredible. Now, I'd rappel down there. Hell yeah. But that is, uh, it's scary. I'm holding on to the fence, my left hand, and I'm leaning into the right, and that hole is a hundred foot deep? Oh, at least. Echo! Oh, it kind of dies. That it sound just, just dies. <laughs> dies wow. with everything that falls in that Woo! hole. All right, I'm going to step away from this hole in the earth right here go through this fence with reflectors on it all right so uh describe the place we just walked into holdman all right so this is uh, a little town in the middle of the desert called ransburg was old mining town and uh still alive today has a rad little general store with actual real soda fountain and uh copper ceiling copper ceiling it's a it's a badass little place it's on uh, 395 outside of los angeles but before you get up to the owens valley and it's a favorite spot for people who are dirt biking and off-roading and stuff to come in and, and get something to eat. And, Guys know. are just oogling over the uh, our Duramax-powered Colorado. Yeah, ZR2, yeah. People are, oh, I've seen one in person. So a bunch of Tacoma guys came over, so that was fun. Ooh, look at that. That is yeah. some uh, some cherry coke that just got delivered to our table at the general the glass store. glass jar. Yeah, in Ransburg, California, yep. which is a gold mining town. And who are we sitting with now? Brad Myers. Brad, are you the proprietor of the uh, the general store here in Ransburg? Yes, I am. I also own the other three stores on this side of the block. And what stores are those? The uh, Mad Ink Motorcycle and Surf Shop. <laughs> awesome. The T-shirt store and the Hole in the Wall Antique Store. Very cool. Yep. 
I've been coming here since I was probably, I don't know, 14 or 15. My dad and I go out once a year to our mining claim and, and stuff like that. And we're out test driving a new truck today. And I'm like, let's go have lunch at the old general store. There so There you go. There you go. So can you tell us a little bit of the history of Ransburg? Um, well, I'm kind of a newbie. I mean, we've had our oldest store five, five to six years now. But uh, from what I've been told, it was established in 1896. A couple guys from South Africa found gold and quartz here in this area, so they named it Ransburg and Johannesburg. Right. So that's how it got started. Uh, at one time, there was over 4,000 miners here. Wow. Oh, my God. And, and it was the Golden Aster Mine, which was the... Ye- yellow Aster oh, Yellow Aster, okay. Um, but it was uh, a bunch of different claims around here. Mm-hmm. This was, just happens to be the biggest one over here. Got it. How old is the building that we're sitting in right now? This was built in 1903. I think it's the second building because the town's burned down twice. So this is actually the second general store, and uh, the back bar and the, the uh, soda fountain area came in 1904 from Boston. Something tells me that this wouldn't pass code if built today. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't pass code at all. We don't even have a public restroom here because originally it was a, a pharmacy. Sure. Because back in the day, you had to be a pharmacist to make Coke, Pepsi, oh, wow. sarsaparilla, all the drinks that had drugs yeah. in them back in the day interesting and so i'm looking at the doorway that goes back into your kitchen and it's leaning sideways you know it reminds me of well, it, it was built that way because the building was already leaning when they built that <laughs> section in 1967 it reminds me of knott's berry farm where you go into that one room of illusions where yeah. everything is twisted yeah. and tilted a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> so the building is not vertical but yet the doorway is right Okay, so so the doorway is plumb and square with the world, the building is not. Well, and if you look down the shelving, if you stand away a little bit, the shelving goes Goes like a snake. It's a wave, yes. Well, I can tell you that in the probably, I don't know, 25, maybe 30 years that I've been coming here, it looks pretty much exactly the same as I remember as a kid. Yeah, we've we've (laughs) tried to keep it the same, but behind the scenes we've added stuff to make it more modern so we can get the food out the previous owner it was taking her three and a half hours to get food out well man and how long have you owned this the general store i've owned the general store two and a half years okay that makes sense because i remember probably four or five years ago the general store kind of felt like it was on its last legs yeah you didn't have the extra rooms that were open and there wasn't a lot on the shelves and it sort of felt like it was it was on its way on decline yeah Yeah. and then so coming in today and i haven't been here probably two years or so and i can definitely see it's a lot more lively there's a ton of people in here we have a basic way that we treat the people we treat them with respect we get their food out we try and make them laugh i like that and and that's that's our success we've literally brought people back that hadn't been here in seven to ten years what's your background how did you own up uh end up owning the general store in ransburg in a in a ghost town (laughs) well a living um, ghost town it started out with i used to race sprint cars back in the day Destroyed my last car, flipped it, um, went on to buy some motorcycles. We started riding out here again probably in 2000, and we just decided, well, we'll open a T-shirt store so we can go ride other places. There you go. And then this became available. Now, wait a minute. You open up a T-shirt shop, which means you're living here at that point. No. How do you open up a T-shirt shop if you don't live here? Because there's only people here on the weekends. 
Oh. So you can work a regular job, show up here on the weekends, sell your t-shirts, and then take a weekend off and go to Utah or Nevada and go ride your dirt bike. So it was just a little extra cash so we could do that. Then we bought the motorcycle and surf shop and moved it down here from up the street. And now we have so much stuff that we can't go riding. We're so busy. I, That's a good I, problem to have. But I have, I have a question. It seems like something's flawed here. A surf shop. Where is there an ocean anywhere near us? Okay. If here you know we go. anything about marketing, when you have drunk people walking out of the bar across the street and they see surf shop, they look at it and they say, oh my God, I got to see what this is about. And every one of them well walks Well done. In. Now that you own half the buildings in town here, and or have the businesses, you did you here, did, here here in Bradsburg? Bradsburg. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> did you move here? No, I still live in the San Fernando Valley. We're here at the store. We stay in our apartment behind the T-shirt store uh, six days a week. We go home usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays to do laundry, bills, get supplies, and we're back on Thursday. Why not just move here? You can't find a house. This is. There was a church I, whoa, 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 that was for sale. Wait, 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 hold on, is, hold on. Wait, hold, where's the church? Because there, the Lutheran church yes. is right up here, owned by a veterinarian. I can't Methodist. remember his Methodist. Methodist, um, owned by a veterinarian that lives in Newport Beach, and he restored it. It was and, beautiful because I would is. look on Zillow every once in a while yeah. to look at what property was like and ran. Right. I know it's weird. I know, yeah. but I would look, and it's funny because I have you know your Zillow alerts. Yeah, Ransburg stuff does not come up very often, and when no. it does, it's no, this. It it does. Why it's can't eclectic. you build a new house here? Why would you when you have this this history? Well, you, you could you could buy one. You, you could want. buy one that uh, you could make one that looks old, right? Right. Yeah, but it would cost you more than just buying one here. I mean, you're you're probably looking at two hundred and sixty dollars a square foot, so you. It wouldn't be cost effective. So you're better off buying them and restoring them. What has owning half the town of Randsburg meant to you guys? No sleep. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it seems we, like it's a passion project, right? It's, it is. No, it is. No trips. We like to travel. Yeah. I don't mean like travel in other countries, but we like to do road trips. We like to ride our motorcycles. I like to hike, backpack. Yeah. Nah. We yeah. don't do that so much yeah. anymore. No, but... You guys but, need some right-hand people. You know what? We meet a lot of nice people. Yeah. We meet people from literally all over the world. Yep. Yeah. During the summer, a lot of people from... This last summer, every country was represented. Yeah, and we didn't introduce you. Carol. Are you uh, Brad Bradsburg's... Uh, <laughs> half. His better half? Yeah. Hey, tell us about, so we stopped over here. There was a big um, iron structure um, about three feet off the ground, rusting. And then I went over to it and I said, this has got to be a pit mine or a, you know, a shaft. And sure enough, couldn't see the bottom of it. And, of course, I stood on top of it, which I probably shouldn't have done. I looked down in. And it's capped, so it's yeah. safe. But I saw a couple of them out here, and it's just littered with mines, and I'm fascinated. Oh, yeah. Yep. Are yeah. there still some mines open that you can go into? Well, there's actually probably 50 or 60 that you can actually go into, but it's not recommended because all the beams and everything are yep. so old. Uh, a lot of the ground is now saturated with water because of the aquifer under here, and yeah. they're just not We safe. I remember in 97, which was a really wet El Nino year, mm -hmm. we used just south of uh, Johannesburg, Red Mountain area, we used to go spelunking in some of the abandoned mines, and we would rappel down, and we had our rock climbing gear and our ropes and our hard hats and all that. Yep. And I remember climbing down a ladder, 
the aquifer was so high that we stepped into the water. You didn't even realize there was water there yeah. because it was so crystal clear yeah. and the aquifer was so high and I'm talking maybe 100 feet from the surface. Yeah. And it was just unbelievable. We're like, oh, I guess we won't be going in this one today. Yeah, we, we have all kinds of geological activity out here too. Uh, the Bear Valley Mine, is that the one that Chris is at? Um, he's about a year ago, all of a sudden lost water to the mine and they said a mud wall must have fallen away in there and the water ran away because when they tested the ground that the actual depth of the water was 400 feet below his well oh my god wow that's a pretty big difference are there still working mines out here not so much big operations they're single and and teams of guys that work the mines out here one guy a couple years back was pulling about a half an ounce a day out of his claim uh, and he was only working about four hours a day. I mean, that's a pretty significant yeah. amount of gold right yeah. there. You figure, what's an ounce these days? Twelve hundred dollars or so? Uh, twelve to thirteen. 13? So okay. he's pulling six, seven hundred dollars yeah. out. Yeah, I, there's I gold in them here hills. Yeah, well, there's gold in his wallet too, because uh, well, I'm not pulling that at my I, job. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there's literally gold laying on the ground because yeah. the mine down here, when it's active and working, they're only pulling off the top two inches of the ground. They don't even go any deeper than that. Wow. Just because of the runoff from yeah. the mountains. Thank Thank you for uh, sitting down and chatting with us. Appreciate it. We're going to eat our delectable cheeseburgers uh, and I've enjoy a, the uh, I've got Rans a cheeseburger, burger. yeah, with, with grilled onions. And uh, Are these Rand's burgers? I don't know. You'll have to ask. That was what the previous owner calls them. Uh. We just call them good. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We appreciate your time. So what a day. Like, really, what a day. What a I'm day. tired. Well, yeah, no. We, we almost both... 100 miles off-road. Is it that many? Really? Yeah. We did that mm-hmm. many? Yeah, it was nice. You did a nice job uh, driving. I liked you. watching you uh, pedal with the throttle, as you call it, That's which uh, I have, you know, I, I've done on side-by-sides and whatnot. This this Colorado performed pretty admirably, I would say. Yeah, I love the suspension on it. I think it does a, a great job in the dirt, and it was just fun to get, get reacquainted with it out whomping and romping over uh, whips and stuff, and it was just fun. I have to say that I really want to take a Nissan out next. Now, I know that you are headed to Morocco, and we're going to have some audio of that. Yeah, in a couple weeks. Um, so I'm excited to see what uh, Nissan's going to offer. Yeah. And I also want you to follow up when you're in Morocco about... Um, uh, you're going to Morocco, by the way. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Crazy, right? For work. We're saying that. So I know. You're I was Morocco. A, I was a hand-selected from a small group of American journalists mm-hmm. to go drive all of uh, Nissan's global body-on-frame truck products. So uh, Navarro's patrols, uh, American Titans, they're bringing them all to the desert in Morocco, and we're going to do some uh, epic off-roading out there. So I'm super stoked to go, and and uh, I'll be bringing our recorder so we can get some, uh, get some good content from the Nissan team, from some of the global products you may not be familiar with here in the U.S. So we were out 395... Uh, towards Randsburg. We uh, covered some ground, like you said, almost 100 yeah. miles of off-road. I think this time, uh, if the weather permits, let's go locally, uh, take a Nissan up Silverado Canyon and up to the top. That would be over, fun. Yeah, that would be a fun drive. Yeah, you need to get a, a Pro 4X Titan or something like that would be uh, would be great. Those things are so much fun off-road. For being such a big truck, they do a great job. Absolutely. And I, I do want to thank uh, Nissan for, for making this show possible. Um, we had an amazing run of shows at SEMA. And we wow, you guys have responded amazing to our SEMA coverage. <laughs> uh, man, we we grinded it out for every single day. We got you five episodes, and we f- uh, super popular. Each night episodes. we would forego parties, oh, yeah. so we could yeah. go back and edit the yeah. tape. No, it was, and we I. I it was weird. I didn't get any additional sleep by, uh, you know, go, not going to those parties. But we got the episodes out. You guys responded well. We appreciate all your emails. In fact. 
We got some to read. We're so backed up, though, it won't be about SEMA. It'll yeah, be some so of the older uh, ones. We time for email? Here we go. All right, let's do it. You email? Yeah. This one's titled Mega Rex Trucks from Tommy Farrar. Hey, my name is Tom Farrar, and I don't know how, wait, is it Tom Farrar? Farrar? How would you say that right there? Farrar. Farrar. Okay, Tom, we're just going to your name here. I've been listening to your show for now a couple of months, and I have to say I love the way you guys do the podcast. You make it fun and entertaining. All the silly tunes were kind of hard to get used to, but they're easier uh, now. Anyways, the main point of this email is I was wondering if you guys have ever heard of the Mega Raptors by Megatrucks.com. If not, I suggest you look into them. It's well worth your time because the owner's name is Jeremy Dixon and he, he and his company take the 2005 to 2016 Super Duties, strip them down to the engine and chassis and cab, and they put a thick fiberglass body kit that they hand make themselves and they make some adjustments to the headlight and tail fitments. They get a four and a half inch suspension lift and most importantly, they get 46 inch uh, Michelin XZL tires with military grade M-Wrap wheels, and each wheel is rated to carry over 10,000 pounds. These things sound—it sounds crazy. Yeah, it's like a badass, super heavy-duty Raptor. In fact, I've seen some of the pictures of those guys online, and I've never had a chance to get into one of their one of their trucks before. Mm-hmm. But holy crap, they look cool. Yeah. No, they, they just look like a like as badass as a Raptor looks. It looks like a Raptor on steroids. Do we need to talk to these guys? I, we can probably Jeremy? find them, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll probably right. find them on Instagram. All right, well, like he says uh, you should, guys should get them on for an interview, and it'd be super cool. Oh, if I had iTunes, I would have given you five stars, <laughs> but he doesn't have iTunes. He's All right. on well, Android or something fine. else. Thanks, Tom. And he says, oh, XL. Next email is for you. Oh, this one uh, is entitled Thunder. Uh-oh. And uh, this is from <laughs> Ryan Matheson. He says, hello from Canada. Hi, guys. Just wanted to say, first of all, that I'm loving the podcast. As of today, I'm listening to episode number five, so I'm a lot behind. <laughs> he's, he's way behind. 35, 35 behind, yeah, behind, right? right? He's number 40. Maybe you've answered my question before, and I will come to it soon. Before I started listening to the podcast, I had no idea who either of you were. Well, most people still don't know who nah, either of us fine. are. It doesn't bother us. Except I obviously knew your work, Coleman, but didn't realize it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. He says, so my question is, where did Lightning get his nickname from? Which is actually a great question because there's a story behind that. He says, I ask as a curious fan, wondering if there's a cool story behind it. Like, maybe he was struck by Lightning once. No. That's a much cooler story than your yeah, story. nothing cool. Or as the owner of a 2004 Ford Lightning, I'm wondering if maybe he used to own a Lightning. Mm. Thanks so much and keep up the great work, Ryan M. And that's actually a pretty good question. So, Lightning... How the hell did you get your name, buddy? Prior to this job, I worked for the Kevin and Bean Morning Show, which I produced on K-Rock Radio in Los Angeles, an alternative rock radio station. And when I started with those guys, I was an intern, and I didn't understand the pace of radio. So, you know, just being a dude in college, they said, hey, give me this thing in a minute. And I just thought it's kind of when a minute is, you know, a figure of speech. Well, they actually meant 60 seconds. So... I'm going to go back and reference a black and white television show I can guarantee none of you have seen. But it's called Amos and Andy. And for whatever reason, Bean, half of the morning show, was familiar with this show. And for those of you B-team listeners who came over from B-team to listen to this podcast, you know this sounds totally like Bean. Right. Bean is old guy reference. He, he gets all these old TV shows. and uh, Anyway, so 
Amos and Andy was a black and white TV show back in the, I don't know, what, 50s, 60s? I don't even know. It took place in um, an apartment complex, and the guy that swept the floors, this older black gentleman, was uh, super, super duper slow, barely moved the broom uh, with any fervor. And he was like, my name be Lightning. And Bean named and me Lightning. Hence it was the yeah. nickname that would forever shape your world. So because I wasn't particularly fast in the beginning, <laughs> or that's now. how I got my name. So Bean <laughs> bestowed almost everyone's, hey, what's up? That's a cool suburban. Uh, Bean bestowed everyone's nicknames. So nothing that cool, and it dates back to 1991. Yeah, that's how had, long I've had this and name. you've had that nickname for a long time. In fact, uh, when you and I met, um, actually... After we met, when we were working on your old 2003, Three. yeah, I remember you had a full-size Chevy truck, and you hated that people called you Lightning, and you hated having little lightning bolts in it, and somebody built you an audio enclosure, and just to tweak you, because it was for free, <laughs> they put lightning they put bolts a lightning, in it. Yeah, they put lightning bolts in they it, which sure I always did. thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> and it even happened on my new truck. There's a lightning <laughs> bolt in my roof rack that the uh, the guy who owned the water jet company yep. put in there for me. <laughs> I'm like, you. oh, great. Okay. This one's called Potential Guests from Connor Lightning Holman. I've been a podcast listener ever since episode three, and I really enjoy it. Thank you. It passes the time while I'm sitting in uh, Chicago traffic really well. Oh, dude, Chicago. Uh, It's extremely interesting to hear from all the kinds of people around the industry and outside of what I would consider my normal comfort zone. My only feedback, yeah, my only feedback is that it would be nice to have in studio uh, more than one guest through the course of the whole program instead of just their time allotted. We would love that too if we could get somebody to come sit on the casting couch. It's interesting, fun. It's <laughs> Gail Banks yep. just said, hey guys, I don't want to be a guest. I'd like to sit in for the whole show. So who are we to turn him down, right? Hey, that'll, you guys seem to love Gail as much as we do. So, so. that'll probably happen. Yeah. It's fun to learn more about uh, the guests than just the products they sell or the job they do or the work they perform, right? We totally yeah, I agree. Yeah, So um, we plan to do that. And he says the El Camino is the vehicular hermaphrodite of the truck world. <laughs> I'm with Freiburger. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, well said. Five stars, large if you have oh, one, Connor. On. Five, Five stars. stars. There we go. Hey, we haven't done that in a while because uh, we haven't read good. email in a while. Oh, good. Oh, next one is all me. Okay, let's see here. Uh, oh, this one starts out with five stars. Five, five stars. stars. All right. Um, this is from Hunter, and Hunter says, uh, hey, guys, my name is Hunter Johnson. I'm from Florida. I'm a huge fan. I've listened to every episode so far. Thank you very much. And it helps my day go by that much faster. I'm 20 years old and own a 2004 GMC 2500 6 liter gasser. Then he says, Gasser, I know, sad face. But no, no, we're, nothing wrong with that. We're all good with yeah. that. With it having an LS. Does he, well, hold on. Yeah. Does he think we're just pure diesel guys? No, I, we, I don't know. Maybe. No, I, we're agnostic. It's a 2500, so I think people expect it to be not a gas truck. I see you know, what you're right? saying. Yeah. So, no, we, we uh, there's nothing wrong with the 6 liter. That's a great, great engine. He says, With it having an LS engine variant, I took the liberty of adding some extra horsepower. I put on some fully built 243 heads, put in a custom ground cam, ported the intake, swapped in some 48-pound injectors, a 3,000-stall torque converter, and 488 gears. I know that was a lot to read. Nope. Actually, Hunter, that is one of our shortest emails ever. <laughs> he says, uh, P.S., I don't notice any California pompousness, and he sent some pretty cool pictures of his truck. Ooh, let me and, see. And, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's actually really nice. Oh, yeah. The GMT 800. Um, Nicely done. Oh, yeah, what, what good, does he have down lift? here in the center console? So uh, looks uh, like he's a, got a full screen down yeah, It looks there. like two screens. He's got one in his head unit and one down in the console. Hot dang. Yeah. No, Hunter, nice truck. We uh, appreciate you writing in, and, and glad to know that you listen. Appreciate that. Okay, this one's in t- – oh, geez. This one's titled – 
Lightning's wrong and owes me a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I reading it? Oh, well, this is great. Uh, okay, it's from Justin. As a 23-year-old whose favorite movie is Convoy, <laughs> no, no that's way awesome. from 1978, yes. I agree with Holman. Older TV shows and movies need to be passed down from generation to generation to future enthusiasts. All right. I come to think of it, I need my kids to see Convoy. You should do that. Yeah, okay. I own a 2005 uh, F-250, 6.0 PSD, and I love the Bulletproof Diesel episode. I'm still trying to catch up. However, there are a lot of companies that produce 6.0 PSD parts, like True. Sinister Diesel's Solution Kit. Yeah. Yep. And I'd like to hear from the other companies to know the difference. Okay. Interesting. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. As far as uh, as far as far breakdown stories, my 2012 Freightliner Cascadia yes. just got out of the shop in Cheyenne, Wyoming, where it was stuck for about two and a half weeks. Oh, my um, The fuel injector on three cylinders overfueled the cylinder and failed. Upon overfueling, a carbon ring broke loose and scored the cylinder oh. liner, causing coolant to leak into my oil pan. That caused oil to blow out of the crankcase breather and smoke like crazy. $12,000 later, and I'm rolling again. Sincerely needing a t-shirt, Justin. All in good fun, Lightning. So, no, I appreciate it. And look at that Cascadia. That's badass. Yeah. Sorry about the 12 grand, dude. Dude, that is, uh, that hurts. I'm not going to lie, that hurts. (laughs) All right, here's uh, this one from Scott C. Love the show. He says, hi, Lightning and Holman. I started listening after your last episode with David Freiberger, and now I'm hooked. I've been steadily working my way through all the past episodes and consequently ignoring all of my other favorite shows. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that, Scott. Thank you. I'm the proud owner of a 13 Ram, but more importantly, a 66 Chevy C20 custom camper that was my grandfather's and has now made its way down to me. Okay, so what's cool about this is you see a lot of Chevy C10s, Yeah. right? This is a C20, so this is the three-quarter ton of the day, so it's a oh. long bed, custom camper. That, it's, it's a cool truck. Even more cool that's Grandpa's. Uh, I love that. He says, the truck is 95% original and is still in great shape. I love that we still have this truck in the family. I, I'm jealous. I, I wish I had some Does of my grandparents' vehicles. Yeah. Oh, that thing's dope. Yeah, that thing's rad, right? Yeah. Now, what is the picture beneath him? Uh, so, this, that, well, he's okay, getting into okay, that okay. Wow, look at that. He says, uh, learning about your love of diesels, I thought I would share where I work. I'm a machinist in the Caterpillar Large Engine Facility in Lafayette, Indiana. The engines we produce are primarily used for power generation, as well as the mining and fracking industries, among others. The largest engines we build are our 3600 series, and we produce ones that go all the way up to a V16, 296 liters. Oh, my oh, God. Two, did, wait, wait, what? Let me see this. Two two hundred ninety-six liters. <laughs> I got to figure out what that is in cubic centimeters, just so that we could compare. It ridiculous. Yeah, or, or even cubic inches. That's crazy. To give you a sense of how big the engines are, the connecting rods are about three feet long and connected to pistons to the size of five-gallon buckets. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Wow. It says they're definitely a sight to see. Keep the great work, and I wear an XXL. He sends a couple pictures here. Here's a picture of an old Chevy of the old Chevy, and one of my daughters standing next to one of her 3600s. This is only the straight six. There's a V16 in that family. Oh my lord! It that is a giant. She's standing. You could fit next about it, what 30, 30 of his daughters inside it, it, well, the footprint it's of the engine. about three feet higher than her yeah. head. Dang, Scott! Thanks for uh, sending that. Hey, do you know how to get us into the old Caterpillar factory? Maybe we, uh, uh, need we, to come visit you. We can't. We can't add that to the list. We have Nissan. <laughs> we have Ford. No, I'll go to. Have, I mean Caterpillar. Oh, oh. And we have uh, submarines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nuclear submarine. Okay, yeah. I'm in. All right, all right, here. This one's yours. Okay, this one is called Truck Yeah from Jeremy. I've been an automotive enthusiast since I can remember anything. I stumbled onto this podcast, and I've been listening to it as much as possible to catch up. I'm currently on the gale episode. Oh, well, oh he's, that's, that's a, a great episode, but he's got a ways to go. Yeah, that's good. And the last episode I listened to was with the Winnebago man, and it was great. <laughs> currently building a one-ton TJ from scratch. Nice. So naturally, I love a lot of O's here, the Jeep news and stuff. So keep up the uh, trucky talk. Jeremy. 
All right, I've got uh, I've got one here from uh, Benjamin, and Benjamin says, "Hey guys, you are a breath of fresh air in the stuffy podcast realm." <laughs> I didn't realize podcasting was stuffy. Is he an NPR are, fan? Are or we? What? I, we must be uh, adding a little flavor to the old uh, podcast charts. I like that. He says, "Your ridiculous intros are great. Take that, everyone who hates them. Uh, <laughs> some of them are like nails on a chalkboard to me, but keep we all know. of them. We know. Why? Because my favorite one, who dis, which has me laughing at its absurdity, might be the most annoying, according to Finnegan." He continues with, on the subject of nostalgia, I have to say that car people in general have nearly unlimited capacity. As far as trucks are concerned, it's fond memories I have of crazy times in my youth that are fueling my next truck purchase. In high school, I spent countless hours bombing around in a 402BB72C10, leaving rubber anywhere. Uh, 402 big block, that is. Wow. C10s are going way up in price, and I'm looking for something unique, perhaps a late 60s, early 70s Dodge swept line. We talked about that. We've talked about how the mm-hmm. Fords and, uh, and Chevys are drying up and people are going to the Dodges. He says, I'm 37 now. And a rabid gearhead, but had never seen, this is all caps, why okay. the emphasis, but had never seen a bit of Fall Guy until your show prompted me to YouTube it. <laughs> it's bad and good in all the right ways, just like your podcast. <laughs> he says, your interviews are great, and the one with Dick Landfield is among my favorite. Dick Landfield, uh, the grandpa who went racing, badass <laughs> no, grandpa he, goes racing. He, we don't think he liked us. No, I don't think so, but it was still, it was still a great, uh, great interview. He says he looked up the Strop Bronco, which he also hadn't heard of. Man, that thing is rad. Uh, if you have not seen a uh, Strop early Bronco, mm-hmm. definitely look it up. It's badass for its day, absolutely. No matter how much nostalgia you indulge in, given Holman's day job, you'll never be in danger of venturing too far from current events. I love the show, and once I figure out how to give it five stars on my dorky Android, I'll do so. Keep up the lack of suckage. P.S. Size large if you're able. Thanks, Ben. And he's from uh, Seaverville, Tennessee. From where? Oh, Seaverville. Seaverville. Okay. Seaverville. <laughs> I guess you're not I'm gonna... having a weird, like, I can't talk right I, now. I was looking at you, and you're like... Like, I'm like stroking out right now. You, you weren't going to be able to get that word out. I was worried. Seaverville. Okay. All right, great show. This one's from Justin. Hey, guys, just want to say it's a great show. Keep it up. The show has a great mix of info, interviews, and laughter. I've only started listening, but have been binge listening to the show as I'm at work, home, and working on my trucks. I have always been a Chevy guy, but it's nice to hear what some of the other companies have. I had an 87 Chevy C10 305, a 2001 Chevy 3500, dually diesel 6.6 Duramax, lifted, built, not bought. And I'm now driving a 2015 Silverado 5.3, still stock for now. By the way, I want to say five stars. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Wait, hold, well, hold on. Yeah, I can't do it without you. Hold right. on. Ready? Ready? Five stars. All right. right. Five stars. By the way, I say five stars. Thank you guys for doing what you do. Justin from Sayer, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right. This might be one of my favorite emails of this stack. The uh, title is... Wanted to hate these guys. And this is from Christopher Ford. He writes, I wanted to hate you guys, but I also wanted to see what Finnegan had to say. I have to say you guys are funny as hell, and the content is outstanding. I've listened to them all, and it's the only pod I wait for and listen to when it drops. I give it, guess what? Five Five stars! stars. And he says, "Uh, shirt 4X if you have one. And uh, he's from Springfield, Illinois. And Christopher, I appreciate you giving us a chance, even though you wanted to hate us. We love you. All right, this one is titled Thunder Buddies. <laughs> I love okay, it. Okay, so it's from Jeff. And hey, guys, it's Jeff. Thought I'd share a picture of my little helper, my daughter Paisley. She loves helping Dad in the shop. Oh, he's got a picture. Of, oh, oh, she's so cute. cute. In the past, you like, like two or three maybe? Yeah. Clap her hands. I think she's given us five stars. I'm going to go with doing. it. And I uh, also have some pictures of my trucks, an 06 Chevy 2500, a 95 Chevy with a 4.6 drop, and a 65 C20 that was my great grandpa's. Oh, wow. Ooh, that thing is Dude, that's, bad that's awesome. All, right. All of our listeners seem to have way better uh, vehicle selection than we <laughs> way do. Better. Oh, he's got another piece here. It says, uh, hey, guys, this is Jeff again. Um, <laughs> love the show again with Finnegan and Freiburger. I'd love to show you some more pictures. Uh, 
uh, I'm sorry. He says, I'd love some more shows on OBS Chevys or get a hold of Matt Happel from Sloppy Mechanics. Oh, Here's a pic of my 95 C1500. Thanks again, everybody. We really appreciate all the correspondence, whether it's on our socials at Truck Show Podcast or via email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Keep them coming. However uh, way you like to communicate with us, we read them all. And uh, No carrier pigeons or smoke signals, though, please. Just, I read uh, them. Yeah, well, if I knew how to decipher them. Truckshowpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. Uh, before we can close out the show, we have to thank Nissan because Absolutely. without Nissan, we'd be dead in the water. They make it all possible, and we are big fans of Nissan. In, I think, two episodes, Holman, you're going to Morocco, and you're going to review some amazing trucks yeah. that uh, we haven't heard about before, right? Yeah, apparently I get to go to like the sand dunes over where, you know, if you guys have seen the movie The Mummy. Like, I'll be oh, near the Algerian so border jealous. in yes. Morocco. Uh, Nissan's having a global truck program. Invited a few uh, uh, international journalists from all over the world are coming to drive everything. U.S. Titans and Middle Eastern patrols and Navaras mm. and all that kind of stuff. I'm a journalist, and uh, <laughs> I didn't get the invite. Yeah, I was hand-selected. So yeah. uh, so I get to fly out there. Uh, must be nice. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting some interviews and talking about some of the global products that Nissan offers. And, again, uh, this podcast wouldn't be uh, possible without a presenting sponsor. Yeah. Nissan's been awesome. And Five year 100,000 mile warranty whether it's the titan whether it's the uh, frontier whether it's gas whether it's uh, diesel you guys head down to your local nissan dealer i think you'll be blown away about how much they yeah offer. give them a chance you might be surprised great trucks great interior and the 19's just got a host of upgrades that we talked about in a previous episode um i think you're going to love the uh, the nissan titan if you're in the market for a new truck and also we can't forget our friends over at decked whether you have a nissan frontier a nissan titan a nissan van any mid-size any full-size truck or any van Decked has a storage solution for you. Whether you're a surfer or you're, you're off-road and you need to put your uh, your boots and your leathers or... Construction worker. Construction worker or you've got guns or whatever you want to put Secure in there. Secure storage. Yeah, absolutely. Weatherproof. And it won't take away from your truck because you have, guess what? 2,000 pounds of storage and tie-downs on top. Plus that handy little uh, measuring tape and those ABEX 7 bearings. And it holds your beers when you're out at the campsite. That's right. It does have cup holders. <laughs> yes, <it laughs> and does. those so smooth drawers. <laughs> like silky. All right, you guys go to decked.com.